may be seated, children, may go to Children's Church. Right. Thank you, children's leaders. Amen. I want to do something a little different as we get started this morning. Um, lots of things to be praying about always. Um, I will tell you that Mabel had her right shoulder replaced on Monday, and she's been doing very well. She's got a long road, long road of recovery, and for those of you that have had joint replacements, you know what that means. So it's just um, praying for her. Um, Bobby's going to have surgery this week, so we need to be praying for Bobby. Um, Chelsea's not here. Well, Chelsea is here. I am glad to see Chelsea here. Chelsea's been dealing with a sinus thing. I'm glad she's better. Good to see you. And, um, and so, and you heard, you heard Scott read about Jamie KD, the journeyman that we are praying for in that, in that place in the Middle East. And so here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want, I want a taste of Africa this morning. A taste of Africa this morning. We're all going to pray out loud. And you can pray about whatever, and there are other things that we need to be praying about. As I look out across, look at your faces and, and, and just know what's going on in um, some of your lives and some of those in your life. And so here's what I want us to do. I want us to, I want us to pray. I want us to pray out loud. Pray out loud. And you're going to be praying whatever you're praying about. And I'll be praying for what I'm praying about. And by the way, I will turn my mic off. And, but... I want us to pray out loud, and we'll just pray until we're done praying, and then we'll go from there, okay? You good on the instruction? Okay, praise the Lord. Well, let's go to the Lord.
And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. You will remember that last week we talked about that um, dispute, that contention that arose between Paul and Barnabas over taking John Mark on the second missionary journey. And we talked a little bit about, about what might have happened. And we just, um, we just discussed that. And then Paul set off on that missionary journey and he took with him Timothy and Silas. Took with him Timothy and Silas. And, and so they are, they are on, the, on the journey. Um, you, you know, this has, been, um, this has been a week where we saw a missionary lose his life. I don't know if you know the story. Um, I don't know if I'll get his last name correct, but John, um, he spells it C-H-A-U, um, Cho or Chow, um, was, a, um, was a young man who, um, he was a um, graduate of Oral Roberts University, and anyway, but he was a um, missionary that, that felt that God had called him to reach the Sentinelese, the Sentinelese people on North Sentinel Island in the Adaman Island chain out in the Indian Ocean. And he, um, he paid some folks to, um, to take him, he paid some folks to take him um, to the island. And as I'm, as I'm reading and kind of coming up to speed on what may have happened around it, the first time he went in, he had to swim back to the folks that dropped him off because he wasn't very well received. And then, but, but he made another attempt, he made another attempt, and they killed him. The people that he went to take the gospel to killed him with bows and arrows. They are a tribal people. They are a people that um, the Indian government has kind of left them alone. They're, they're a people that, um, that the, way they, the way they describe them, a people stuck in time, stuck in a time long ago. Um, and so, um, but anyway, this young man, this young man lost his life, and they have not even been able to go in and retrieve his body at this point. That's where all the, that's what they're trying to do now. But for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the gospel, he went to that place. He went to that place. You know, you remember a story very similar to Jim Elliott and the group, and the group there in South America that took, that took, uh, tried to take the gospel to the Aka Indians. The Aka Indians there. I, I, I know I probably told you this, but when I made my journey to the Quechuan Indians of, um, of Ecuador, uh, I, I decided that that would be when I would read cover to cover Jim Elliott's book. And um, just to get an idea, just to get an idea since I was standing on that ground, to get an idea of what, um, what they encountered. So, you know, as we think about the gospel going forth, may we realize that there are people still today losing their life for the sake of the gospel. Um, and so let's just, let's just take it, Let's get into the word, starting in verse 6 of chapter 16. It says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared in, to Paul in the night. 
A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of the, that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out to the city, or, or out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. May God bless the reading of his word. So, so they, are, they are on their journey. And... You know, this is a, this is a very um, somewhat hard to understand because we really don't know what happened except that the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ would not allow Paul to go where he thought he was supposed to go. They're in, they're in um, Asia Minor. They're in, they're in that region of Galatia. They're in that, in that place called modern-day Turkey. And, and what I found very interesting was one particular commentator said that Paul's intent was to go to all the places where the seven churches of Revelation were planted, plus Colossae. I, I just found that interesting. But, but that was where Paul had intended to go. That was where Paul had intended to go. But we see that he gets to a place that he gets to a place where he thinks that he's supposed to be, where he thinks that he's supposed to, and, and look at what it says. It says, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia, to preach the word in the place where they thought what they were to go. And, and, then it, and then it moves on and it says, after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia. Now, they were trying to go north. They were trying to go north, but the Spirit was preventing them from going north. And, and again, we really don't know, we really don't know the why of the Spirit preventing them, but praise God they knew. Praise God they were able to figure out that God was, that God was hindering them, keeping them from going in that direction. And then it, and then it goes on. So passing by Mysia, they came to Troas. So, so, so what, they're, what they're looking at here is, is a lot of times, a lot of times they're following the coast. In this case, they were not following the coast. They were deep inland. They were deep inland. But when this, but when this halt to things came, guess what? They went back to the coast. They went back to the coast and they found, they found a place there on the coast, a seaport there on the coast. Okay, because that was going to be the means by which they were going to travel from what, in whatever direction that they needed to go. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes th this, this is a very strange and, and, a, and a very interesting piece of this second missionary journey that Paul and Silas and Timothy are on. I can, I can only imagine the conversation. I can only imagine the conversations that they were having. I'm, I'm quite certain that they were probably deep in prayer about all of this. And, and, look, at, and look at what happens. And a vision, 
Paul got about six visions in this, in, in, from, from the time of his salvation on. He, he received about six visions that are, that are listed in, in the book of Acts. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from, of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, visions and dreams and things like that were of importance, of great importance in that day. In that day, that was a way in which the, the Lord spoke to people. The Lord spoke. And we, we, we saw dreams, even in the, even in the book of Genesis, we, we, we saw how, how people spoke uh, or, or how God spoke through, whether it be through other people or God spoke himself um, through dreams, through visions, various things of that nature. And, and so, now, where's Macedonia? Where's Macedonia? Where, where's the gospel about to go? Well, the gospel's about to go to Europe. The gospel's about to leave, leave Asia and go to Europe. And, you, you, you know, if, we, if you know anything about this, this area, if you know any, anything about this, this place... Paul's going to do a whole lot of writing, a whole lot of writing about, about all of this because, because the gospel's getting ready to go to another place where it's not going to be well-received, where it's not going to be well-received. And the, and the consequences may actually be great for the gospel, for the gospel being taken to that place. And, and, and so the gospel is about to go to Europe. Okay, so as we, as we move on, let's keep on reading. Therefore, sailing from Troas, okay, so they get to that, they get to that seaport, and now they're going to sail over, and, and it's going to, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and they said they stopped in Samothrace because they didn't want to sail at night, because it was too dangerous, it was too dangerous to sail at night to go the rest of the journey. So they waited, and the next day came to Neapolis, which was a seaport there, there in Greece. A seaport there in Greece is where, is where they're actually going to end up. And from there to Philippi. And we've heard of Philippi. We've heard of this place. And, and this, is where, this is where the gospel is going to make its penetration on that land, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony, a Roman colony at that, a Roman province. You, you know, if you read about the history of Philippi, if you read about the history, there, there's, a, there's a whole lot of history in there. there there's um, a lot that went on around um, Roman emperors and, and all, of those, all of those different things. But just think about the people, think about the people that are there, You've got, you've, got the people of, you've got the people of Greece. You've got, you've got this being a Roman province. And we were staying in that city for some days. Now, now picture this. Now, picture this. Okay? It, it, would be like, it would be like us leaving for Africa, and, and I'll, I'll just be nice, and end up in Australia for, for, for whatever reason. And, and, and you know, um, and you never know when you when you leave here, when you leave here, going to Africa, you never know um, where you may end up. You, you never really know. There's a there's a good chance we're going to end up in the place where we're looking to go, but we never really know. I tell people um, made a U-turn over the Atlantic one time because we we had a plane problem and we went to Dakar for a lot longer than I ever thought I would go to Dakar in Senegal. But anyhow. It says, and on the Sabbath day, we went out 
of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. Now, you know, Paul's strategy, Paul's strategy was what? Paul's strategy was to go to the synagogue, right? But you know what? Um, most believe, most believe that there weren't enough men. How many men did there have to be to form a synagogue? There had to be 10. Had to be 10 men to form a synagogue. And there were not enough men to form a synagogue. And so, where do they go? They go to the riverside where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now, I, I, want, I want the men in this place to hear this. Men, when we won't, women will. When we will, women will. But when we won't, women will. The women will see, what the, and, and in this case, and in this case, um, the, 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 the person of influence, the person of influence there, Lydia, was um, of Jewish, she, she was a Jew. Okay, and she, or she had, she was at least a proselyte. She was at least a Jewish proselyte. She had become Jewish in her belief and so on. And so they were meeting and they were praying. They were meeting and praying. And so, you, you know what? Paul went there. Paul went there. And look what happened. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And, and here's, here's, what you, here's what you need to understand about Lydia. Okay, so Lydia worked with a very expensive, a very expensive um, material, a very expensive fabric, because purple was very expensive. It was very expensive. So, so, she, so she was a person of means. She was a person that was probably pretty well off pretty well off, but yet, but yet she was a person who, who was um, on the Sabbath, they would go and they would pray. On the Sabbath, they would go and they would pray. Paul, Silas, Timothy learned about this, and, they, and, and, and there's something else that you need to, need to note here, and I passed by it in 10, and let me go back to 10 for just a second because I want to add a person to their entourage. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia. Immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia. Who wrote Acts? Luke did. Luke did. And, and, now, and now, from the text, we realize that Luke joined the entourage, that Luke became a part of the three of them. So, so Luke, the writer, is actually with them, with them as, they make, as they make this journey to Europe. And so, and, and so, we, so we see Lydia... Lydia is, not only, Lydia is not only the person of peace. You see, when we, when we go somewhere, when we go somewhere, and it doesn't matter where we go, we can, go, we can be going into your neighborhood. We can be going into your neighborhood. We can be going into my neighborhood. We can be going to Baltimore. We can be going anywhere in this world. We can be going to Deepahani. We can go to Lithuania. We can go to Guatemala. We can go anywhere. But you know what you've got to find? You've got to find a person of peace. Lydia was not only a person of peace, she was a person of influence. She was a person of influence because, because of her means. Because, and, and, and so she even had a house big enough to, big, big enough to um, lodge this missionary team. But So it, it goes on and it says, The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. In other words, salvation in a person's life only occurs because of who? Only because of God's working in a person's life. 
Only because of God's working in a person's life does salvation come to a person. God is the one that, God is the one that changes the heart. God is the one that changes the life. God is the one that does, does the work on the heart and does the work in a person's life so that they, so that they can hear. You know, things that they may have heard um, before, things that they may be hearing for the very first time. You know, there are still people in this, in this world that have never heard the name of Jesus. Can you believe that? With this age of technology, with this age that we live in, and there are still people today that have not heard the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and it goes on. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us. And, and she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. So they came, they came and they stayed. Now, I, I, I want to, th- th- this, this is a, it's a very interesting um, passage. And, 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 you know, some of you, some of you may ask, not that you are, not that you are, but some of you may ask, why are we in Acts? Why are we, why are we studying the book of Acts? Well, on April 1st, we launched, in a sense, a new church. We launched a new church. And because of that, because of that, you, you know what? I, I felt like it important. I felt like it important. I felt like the Lord was, was leading us to get into the first century church, to get into the very first church that was ever planted. And, and the, churches that, the churches that spawned off from that and the churches that were planted from that. And, and, and to see how, to see how the gospel made its journey, made its journey to, to other continents, made its journey all around the world. So here we are, gospel conversations. I'll start. Kim, ah, Kim's got one. Now, hold on, no, wait a minute. Don't say anything until Scott gets back there with the mic. Yeah, we need, you, need, you need a mic. Well, I thought I had one, but I don't, maybe I didn't. I don't know. So well, I was in um, Cracker Barrel Thursday, and, of course, the place was crazy, and I was picking up some stuff. And th- this man was in front of me, and we just got talking and everything. So, um, so I invited him to church, and he was telling about his girlfriend was sick and had surgery, and that's why he was there picking up food and all. So, and I was telling him a little bit about the church, how you had been to Africa and all, and he said that his parents had been to Africa. They passed away last year. And um, I said, oh, well, you could talk to the preacher about Africa, you know. And um, so then I was so excited when I left there. But then after I thought about it, I really didn't have a gospel conversation. I just invited him to church, that's all. So I don't know if that counts or not. But um, so, and then anyway, he was just so, and then he like shook my hand, then he hugged me goodbye. And so, I don't know, I felt like I was at the right place at the right time. So, and he knew, you know, like what people say, well, I've been thinking about coming to a church, you know. And so, anyway, that's it. And that, is, and that is exactly what gospel conversations are all about. Because, because you know what? A conversation that turns its way to the Lord, 
that turns its way to the Lord. And, and, and you know what? Maybe you'll never see that person again. Maybe you'll see that person again. And, and, and what, you, what you pray and what you hope is that others will cross the path of, of people. And, and, you know, people just keep on crossing paths and having conversations to the point that people come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who else had a gospel conversation? All right, I love it. <laughs> All right, uh, Bobby and me, we uh, ventured down to uh, Durham, North Carolina this week to visit a very good, dear friend of ours. That he's, uh, he's a veteran like me. He was in um, But uh, we've known them, Billy and Nancy, for uh, quite many, many years. They're, they're more like brothers and sisters to us. But, and we've kept up with each other over the years. But uh, Nancy, she called about a week or so ago said that Billy was in the hospital with uh, meningitis on the brain, and he's been suffering from uh, uh, lymph, lymph node-type cancer, and that uh, he almost died a couple weeks ago from uh, this meningitis. They couldn't find out what the problem was. Finally, the doctors discovered what it was. So we went down to, I told Nancy we was coming, so we went down to the VA in Durham and, and visited with him, and, uh, this is a conversation about how prayer was answered, but uh, we, uh, as we went into the room, we hadn't seen Billy and Nancy for about two years, and we didn't, either one of us recognize Billy, he was in such a bad shape, it just broke our hearts, but uh, he was out of the bed, he sitting, they had him sitting in a chair, but, and he recognized Bobby and me right off the bat, which surprised us with his condition. But we sat there for about four hours and visited with him. And, of course, Billy, he was, like, in and out of it. But Nancy, we had some good conversation with her. And uh, they have all the churches in their area down there been praying for him. We've been praying for him since we found this out. But uh, at the time, they didn't know whether Billy was going to be able to come home or go into a nursing home or what they were going to do. That was Monday, Tuesday. And so last night, I got a text from her, and uh, she said, looks like Billy's going to come home this week, hopefully, and uh, he's gonna, they're going to have to put a feeding tube in him, but he's going to be able to come home to them grandkids, which he dearly loves, and I think that's going to be the best medicine for him when he gets home, but uh, God answers prayers, and, and this definitely in my mind was an answered prayer for uh, Billy to uh, continue on with his family. Hmm. Praise the Lord. I got a short one. I was at uh, O'Charlie's right up the road here and uh, had lunch. And uh, as we've, we've done before, I asked the waitress, I says, uh, what can we pray for you since we're going to pray for over the meal and stuff? And she says, I really haven't thought about you know that. And I says, well, think about prayer each day if you can. What can we pray for you? So she says, my son and me. She says, I'm a single parent. So that's what we did in, in, in that aspect. And then, uh, you know, she walked away. But she says, nobody has ever asked that. Mm. Praise the Lord. Mm. Um, I don't know where to start. <laughs> I guess I should say that I know God is working in my life, just like Pete said. And that <coughs> joining mission community, because I joined mission community with Virginia 
And ever since then, I feel like I have, um, I didn't know how to do mission work, but I prayed about it. And I have been on three missions recently. And the first one was the Operation Christmas Child, which was amazing. I mean, we opened and filled, refilled, because things were in the boxes that shouldn't have been in there, and we had to put other things in there. 1,600 boxes in two days, hmm. and I had nine mighty women of God with me that helped do this project. And along the way, we prayed with, when we went out to dinner, we play, prayed with the waitress. It, it's always, somebody needs, always needs something. Um, not, I probably didn't put that away, but everybody needs prayer. Everybody has struggles in their life. I found, I'm finding this out more and more. Um, after that, I've been to the Lighthouse Ministry downtown Richmond with um, drug addicts and alcoholics and street people, and Mission Community sent food to them, so we took it down there. Um, I, had, I brought some scarves and some hats with me and um, some gloves, so I went up to this one lady and said, do you need scarf and she said oh praise the lord yes i do so i i gave her the scarf and talked to her a bit and then um later i kind of walked away and then later something told me to go back over there i tried to give i had gloves i tried to like give them away to people nobody wanted the gloves it's kind of strange i went over to her and i said do you need gloves and she had on these big gloves and i thought she didn't need gloves and she said i really need gloves and I was so happy at that point that I went and did that. And I also prayed with her. Mm. Um, her husband had passed about a year ago, and she's trying to get her life back together. I prayed for her and her son. Um, that was a very special time. And I told her, I witnessed to her about some things that I had done in my life and things happened to me. And I told her, you know, the way I got back was to read the Bible. I read the Bible every day. I read it the New Testament from cover to cover. And um, she shared with me when I was getting ready to leave, she says, I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to read that Bible. I love to study. So I'm hoping I made a difference for mm -hmm. her. And then um, I went to Beacon Theater for Thanksgiving. Um, never thought I would ever do that. Um, it, was, it was very... Um, I was very confused and kind of was sad about some of the things that happened there. Um, some of the shelter people, there were a lot of shelter people, there were a lot of homeless people. Um, I was, my, my job, my daughter wanted me to just kind of mingle with the people, and I did do that. I took some of them under my wing, and um, I heard the saddest stories I've ever had. Mm. And then I prayed with them, um, and then I had also, I had one of the shelter people sat with us. My cousin was there. He's in a shelter, too. He can't seem to get out of there, mm. but hopefully we keep praying for him, and he prays that we can get him out of there. But he looked at me, and he said, well, how are you doing? And then that's when I said, you know, everybody has their own has struggles. Everybody has a story. And he just said yes, but I thought it was just heartwarming for him to turn around and ask mm. how, how I was doing, and sitting with um, Kim's father-in-law. He asked us how we were doing. Praise the Lord. Mm. Um, I, 
was having Thanksgiving with one side of my family and a family member whom I, I've known for a while has, he's very, he attends church, but he's very skeptical. He attends church because the rest of his family goes. Um, and he just had been to another side of the fam- his family's um, celebrations, I guess, the day before and had uh, the conversation had come up about the Quran or something along those lines. And so he brought questions back to me about why is it that I believe the Bible rather than the Quran. And I was able to have some conversations about the differences between the two and the authority of Scripture and the reliability of Scripture. And so I think we made some headway. It at least gave him some food for thought. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? And Well... I will. Um, like Pastor Josh, I, once in a while we get the opportunity to go church somewhere else. And so last week I got the opportunity to, to church up the street at Kingsland. And, uh, well, I got to share the gospel with, uh, you know, a room full of people, a couple hundred people probably. And um, it's not that they don't hear it there, but sometimes it's a different voice that helps you hear it, or a different delivery style, and uh, well, they certainly heard the gospel. Amen. Go ahead, Becky. Yeah. At our Thanksgiving dinner, um, I think sometimes, and listening to the other stories, Diane and, and Kim, I think sometimes when we talk to people, we don't realize we are having a gospel conversation, because it's about meeting people where they are and talking, you know, talking their level and listening. To and I had a conversation with a, uh, a lady for quite a while at our Thanksgiving dinner, and um, she just was able to share with me uh, things in her life, and I was able to encourage her um, with, you know, living for the Lord, what being a Christian is all about. And I really thinking, have I had a gospel conversation? Because I don't really see too many people other than what we have here at church and my own family, and they're all Christians. And so um, I thought about that conversation from what they said. And so don't, don't think that none of your conversations matter. They do. All conversations matter. And just like Paul and Silas and Timothy, they went to encourage and to give people the gospel. So it's, it's a lot about encouragement, encouraging people to listen um, and to read their Bible. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'll, I'll finish it with this thing. So last Sunday night, um, we left here from Awana, and we were hungry. Obviously, they were more hungry than us because... Anyway, we get it. we're in the drive through line, and we drive up to the window, and a young man is standing there to take my money, and I, um, I began to have a conversation with him right there in the line, invited him to church, things of that nature, and, and by the time that conversation was over, I found out he didn't know Jesus. He had no relationship with Jesus whatsoever. And so I, in the very few moments that I thought I had, I said, I said, you know what, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. Jesus died on the cross for you, just like he died on the cross for me, and our sins can be forgiven. And we, and we can have, we can live in eternity with him. We just gotta, 
We've just got to make that decision for ourselves. And I thought I, I thought I needed to be in a rush, so I pulled away from the window. And then I look in my rearview mirror, and it was Sean behind me. <laughs> so I'm calling Sean, and I'm saying, "Hey, Sean, finish up what I just started." Now, I don't know what what, kind of, um, but anyway. But you, you know what, folks? Anywhere, anytime, any place, you can have a conversation with somebody. You might think that people don't cross your path, but if you if you stop and intentionally and intentionally speak to people, you, you would have, you would have um, more conversations than you might even have time for when you realize. And Because Becky and I have been having this conversation about, about who do we have conversations with and who, who do I cross paths with and all of those different kinds of things. And like I said, in, in the moment of time at the window giving my money to this person, I find out this person had no relationship, no relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I would have liked to have stayed there the rest of the night. But um, anyway, so praise the Lord. So it says, if you judge me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. And, and, and here's some, I wanna, here's some, some things I, I just want to wrap this up with. You know, there are, people, there are people, and a lot of times it's preachers, but there are people all the time asking me, How's your church doing? People outside of this place saying, how's your church doing? You know what they want to know? They want to know two things. Are you still meeting? And how many people are you running? That's, what they, that's all they want to know. They don't want to know about anything else. It's almost like it's too much information to give them anything else. And, and, and then, and, 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 and folks, now, don't, don't get too mad at me, and you're welcome to throw anything at me you want to. Um, but, but, but here's the thing. What kind of questions are you all asking? What kind of questions are you all asking? As, as I think about, as I think about, because, you, you know, I had a conversation with a, with, with a pastor in this area who closed the doors of a church because the church only had women in it. Okay? Closed the doors of the church because it only had women in it. No men. And, and, and I asked him the question. I said, I said, why do, you, why do you think that? He said, it's just not biblical. But, you know, when I, see, when I see this, when I see what Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke did here on this riverbank, I see that however, however God desires for the gospel to go forward, no, ma- no matter who, no matter who we're, we're sharing with. Now, when it comes to a church being planted and when it comes to leadership in that church and things of that nature, yeah, we've got, we've got some problems we've got to overcome. We've got some challenges with, that we've got to overcome. But, but you know what? But, but, but here's the thing. You, you, you know, you, you know I, I just ask you this. I ask you this. And who knows why we're doing the two parades we're doing? Who know now leadership team, you ought to know. And if you don't, I'm gonna be a little um I'll be a, just a tad bit um I don't know what the word is there. But y- you know what? I would venture to say that most of you don't have a clue. Because nobody's asking. Nobody's asking why we're doing those those two parades leading up to Christmas on the Green. And Becky just said, why are we doing Christmas on the Green? You, you know what? It, it's, about, it's, about, it's about the gospel. 
It's about the gospel going forth, and it's about a gospel-centered church. It's about a gospel-centered church. You know, we started something on, we, start, we actually started it a bit before that. It was actually, I think, in March. Y'all can correct me on, on that if I'm wrong. But we started something that I don't know if any of you know the level that we went to with it, and it's our social media platform. We went to a huge, and I consider it a huge, social media platform for Mission Community Church. And, and you, you know what? And, and there is no telling. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I've, I've, asked, I've asked Josh and Toria, and I've asked several others to help me understand it when, when it comes to all of that. But you know what? That there's, a, there's a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people being touched through our social media. Through our social media. And, 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 and you know what? You might, you might look around and say, well, where are they? And, and I say that every once in a while myself. I say that every once in a while myself. But you, you know what I've learned to be with social media? I've learned to be a bit patient. I've learned to be patient with, with how the message is going out. And, and you know, you might, here's the, here's the things I'm saying. Here, here's what I'm saying. I want, you, I want you to ask the hard questions. I want you to ask the difficult questions of, of why we're doing this or why we're doing that. Because, you know, some of the answers that you might get if you were to ask me, why are we doing Awana? I will, the first thing I'm going to say is, so that the gospel will go among our children. That's the first thing I'm going to say. And then the second thing we'll say, because, because you know what? Some families suggested it because their children grew up in it, and they liked it, and that's why it's here. Now, we're going we're gonna to actually look at something, look at a different curriculum for Sunday nights here pretty soon. Just to look at something different just to look at something different and to see if there's something better out there. But, 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 but here's the thing that this, that this passage of Scripture brings me to. It brings me to the point, it brings me to the point of, you, you know what? You know what got you stirred up the most? You know what got you stirred up the most over the last year? Why we took Baptists out of our name. And you know what? I was okay to have that conversation with you. In fact, we even, we even as, a, as, a, as a team, we talked about what that was about because you know what? And, and, but, but you know what? I want you to be, I want you to be stirred, out, stirred up a bit, more, a bit more. I want you to ask and I want you to understand why we're doing things so that, so that you understand because, because you know what? The gospel took a strange journey here. The gospel took a strange journey and it ended up in Europe. And you know what? In, 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 a, in a couple of months, we're going to get on a plane, some, uh, about seven of us. Seven of us are going to get on a plane and we're going to fly 8,000 miles, and we're going to fly 8,000 miles to go on the closest thing to a missionary journey. If there's any such thing as that kind of journey where it goes international, because in all honesty, do you know that we're on a missionary journey each and every day of our life? We're on a missionary journey each and every day of our life. We ought to be sharing the gospel each and every day. And I know, and I know, here's what I do know. I know that there are gospel conversations happening that people are not raising their hands and not willing to share the story. But, but you know what? They'll come up to me after the service is over and they'll tell me about this gospel conversation or they'll tell me about that one. And I praise God for each and every one of them, the spoken and the unspoken. The fact that the gospel, the fact that the gospel is going forth because, because you want to know, you want to know what, I, what I see in the book of Acts? I see the gospel going no matter what happened to the people sharing it. No matter what happened to the people sharing it, the gospel went forth. So as we, 
as we walk out of here, as we walk out of here. I, I just want to encourage you. We came closer this morning. If I'd have known all of these were going to be shared, um, my message might have been just a tad bit shorter. So if you want my message to be any shorter, if you want my message to be any shorter, then you need to walk in here and you need to have a gospel a gospel conversation story that you're willing to share. And you know what? We'll just, keep, we'll just keep listening and listening and listening to what the Lord is doing because you want to know what matters. You want to know what bringing hope to hopelessness looks like? Put the gospel in it and watch what happens. Put the gospel in the midst of it all. And, and you know what? Every conversation that turns to the Lord, every conversation that turns to the Lord has the potential of being a gospel conversation. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, love you, praise you, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the, um, <clears throat> just, the just the words that are written of, of what Paul and Timothy and Silas and Luke um, experienced. And, Lord, things are not going to be easy. Things are going to get tough. And, uh, and yet the gospel continues to go forth. People continue to get saved. People that you, not, you would not think are going to get saved, get saved. And, and, Lord, I just pray that. I pray that in our in our context, I pray that in our um, community. I pray, Father, that this church, that, this, that the people of this community know about this church. They know what we're about. They know that we're about the gospel going forth. And Lord, and Lord, may the gospel go, may, may the gospel go to every home in Chester. May the gospel go to every home in Chesterfield County. May the gospel go to every home in Virginia. May the gospel go to every home in the United States. May the gospel go to the North American continent. May the gospel go all around the world. Lord, and, and, and Lord, I just pray that you would use us. I pray that we would be intentional about our gospel witness. Lord, that we would be sharing with people about you. And Lord, that we would leave the results up to you. And Lord, who's to know, who's to know the next person that you have not been working upon, that we will begin a conversation, and before that conversation is over, they will pray and ask Jesus to ask you to be the Lord of their life, to ask you to lead them in the rest of their life, to forgive them of their sin. Lord, that we would desire that, that we would desire that above all else. Lord, we're getting ready to go into the, into the Christmas season. Well, we're there. And Lord, um, and Lord just, to, just to talk to people about, about the reason for this season, about the joy of your, of your coming, about the joy of your birth, about the world changing because of you. And Lord... Um, and Lord, may we be all about that. May the parades, may the Christmas on the green, may our Christmas Eve service, may everything that we do. Lord, we'll be tired at the end of December. I know that. But Lord, may the gospel have gone forth in every situation, in every circumstance, whether in song, whether in word, whether on, a, on an invitation card, whatever it is that we do, may we do it all for your glory and your glory alone. Lord, that we would that we would desire to make you known more than anything else that we do, more than anything else that we say, Lord, that it would be all about you. We love you, we honor you, we praise you. Take this time of invitation. Lord, break us where we need to be broken. Lord, teach us all that we need to know. Lord, give us the confidence and the, and the boldness to take your gospel to a lost and dying world. 
And Lord, we'll just give you the praise, the honor, the glory for all that you are going to do. We love you and praise you. In your most precious and holy name, amen. Let's stand together.